if I had to pick one of the greatest songs of all time, this yeah. has to be in the run. Oh yeah, it's so cool. And it's kind of weird, like harmonically. It sort of like predates a lot of the modern like 808 Mafia and Metro Boomin like harmony style. It does. It's just like kind of like half step motion. It does. So one of, the, one of the first to do that. I know. Man, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. He definitely oh, had an idea of a different sound. Yeah, yeah. And, and he w- went for it. And it worked out great. And he transitioned well into his second career oh, I was dude, like totally. it's hard to be like an older yes rapper dude. yeah good for him oh yeah like it's just so good <laughs> also instantly knowable right instantly as soon as the vocals knowable. come in you're like oh yeah and i like that the beat doesn't totally drop no. it's just kind of in there the little flute which would become huge in rap yes yeah, huge know, 2016 now the beat drops That sounds like an NPC to me. I know. <laughs> it's kind of like a little, it's like a drum yeah. pattern. Oh, his vocals are cool. It's, it's cool because they sound like loose doubles. Like they're not, they're not quite ad libs. Right. But they're not totally on. Also, this like second part. I love Metro Boomin, but I do feel like he took his whole thing from this song. <laughs> it's funny because 100 on the highway seems a lot, but pretty routinely I see people going like 130 now in Atlanta. <laughs> this is a great example of a song. If you just did an acapella, it's yeah. still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, of course, Mystical might be the best rapper of all time. It's like if James Brown was into rapping. There you go. 100%. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is so fucking accurate. Right? Why is he the best? I can't. I'm sorry. All I can picture is James Brown. Yeah, I know, right? Doing the split. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You ever seen that James Brown is drunk interview? Yes. Where it's like, yes. so you, there's pretty serious uh, allegations of you uh, hitting this woman, and he's like, I'm going on tour. It's a man's world. It's like outside, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, I'll be playing all my songs, living in America. Get up. I love mystical though. It's like controlled chaos with those rappings. Yeah. Yeah. Also, love when a rap song was just like. Rap, hook, and fun. Rap, hook. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny. This shit is funny. Yeah. Lucas is hilarious. He's he sort of was like the original two chains, I think. I, and, I and it's funny because I think that they were roommates. Yeah. Um, at some point. <laughs> Who's this guy again? Is it Font Fontes or? I twenty. I twenty. Yeah. Oh, disturbing the peace. That's right. This is a great album. Fifth of that Remy. You you fuck with Remy? I don't really do continuity. Me neither. Yeah. Like some Hennessy and uh, eggnog, like four years ago around Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a cognac guy. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> this song's not making me want to drink cognac, though. Yeah. Welcome to this list. 
a podcast where we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they're written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. You ever play the song in the car? 100% I have. I try not to. I try to avoid that, yeah. that temptation. I know. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the anthem for every AT Alien uh, interstate driver since the track was released, basically, yeah, right? definitely. If you're um, inside the perimeter. if you're Yeah, or if you're just blasting down from John's Creek to go to a hookah <laughs> bar at 3 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> they can still sell alcohol. They're technically a restaurant or something. Um, it's the song Move, Bitch by Ludacris. Classic. Ludacris with two S's, right? I don't think so. No? No, just one. Just one. Damn, yeah. uh, that's a typo on my part. <laughs> it's a good typo. Yeah, I, it's, it's such. It's such. It's like I love that I spoke a typo. Nobody had to know that I spelled it wrong. I know. This is not, it's not a visual medium. It's the fourth single off his classic Word of Mouth album. Yep. that's mouth with an F. Yeah, mouth. Um, which is the British way of saying it. Of course. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> um, it was released on May twenty first to uh, two thousand and two. It was produced by KLC and hit number ten on the charts, making it Ludacris's. Uh, first top 10 hit. Nice. So this this album, I think, had a bunch of good singles. I think it had uh, Rollout, which was Timbaland produced. Yeah, we got to do that. Nice. I think it had, um, what was the other one? Uh, I Got Hose. Ooh, area codes. In different area codes. And there was another one on there, too, that I can't quite remember. But not What's Your Fantasy. No, no, That no, was no. before. Yeah. The song is awesome, man. Um, the song is hilarious because you think it's about driving and that there are many references to driving. But according to an interview with Ludacris, the song is apparently about a groupie who gets too involved. I fucking love that. And you like that. Yeah. It uses the, the highway as a metaphor. It's yes. very deep. <laughs> it's very Tupac of him. Yeah. The whole like my girlfriend, my girlfriend, but he's talking about the gun. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's uh, just like um the Red Aiken classic country song that ain't my truck in her driveway oh, right? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um jalen rose of the fab five was uh featured in the music video do you remember Ooh, the music video nah. i don't totally remember i know it was on tv a lot no nah. um and i think 2002 that clocks me at like sixth or seventh grade maybe yeah i was like maybe 11 yeah that was a big time watch the music videos while you're eating cereal right before school Oh, man, Which that was great. Hilarious to think about myself listening to this at like 6.30 a.m. before <laughs> I went and bit. fucking prayed and studied Torah for like five hours. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad my life is different now, man. But the song was great. I miss the music of that time. I know. Um, Chris Rock has a great bit uh, that references this song, too. I don't know if you've ever heard it. But it's about how difficult it is to defend the meaning in, in rap songs. Um yeah. He's like talking about how groups like uh, Public Enemy had like a lot of meeting, but it's harder uh, today to defend the new rap songs. Obviously, this was like 20 years ago. But according to Rock, uh, the song is, quote, well, you see, the bitch is in his way and he needs her to move. Yeah. At least he got the real message. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not even about it's cars. It's not about cars. He got uh, the message. So what? So where does the song fall for you in terms of like all time driving songs? Wow, it's definitely... It might be one of the best ones. I was going to say top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also got that other one where he talks... Is it Cadillac Grills? 
Oh yeah, is like that him? Like the oil, my Cadillac. Yeah, spills. yeah, that's a good driving song. Yeah. Um, a lot of great country driving songs. A lot of like the classic, mm-hmm. like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Like, do you think if we looked it up, it would come up as best driving as songs? One of the let's, best let's driving songs. Right I wonder. Yeah. Okay, let me just see really quick. A quick search. Yeah, yeah. Like if I just said top fifty driving songs, best driving songs. All right, best. Because you probably songs. have Van Halen, right? Can't drive fifty-five. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah, a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Born to Be Wild, Little Red Corvette. That's kind of about a girl. Um, I'm gonna be is about walking 500 miles. Take me home, country roads. I like that one. Drive my car by the Beatles, obviously. Fast car, Tracy Chapman. That's a weird song. Um, I love Good that podcast song. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, song two by Blur. Running down a dream. A lot of these are just about moving. They're not necessarily about driving. Drive by the cars. Obviously, they've got to have looted. They didn't even get. They didn't even get it. Man. I think it's one of the best ones, though. I gotta say. Damn. Running on empty by Jackson Brown. That's just about being done yeah um don't stop believing i guess yeah yeah, yeah. highway to hell ah, that might be the best one, one that's though. A good that one. might that's be the best one, one. That's a good this one. is a great one yeah luke what, what do you think makes this a classic song <laughs> well obviously it the way the beats produced makes it it's like it sounds classic obviously mm-hmm. like i'm saying like overall like when you listen to it it has like the classic sound like when you listen to classic rock classic rock has an overall kind of like archetype of sound this kind of has an archetype of early 2000s rap music, especially produced in the South. But I think what makes it classic is Ludacris himself. Mm. It's like he kind of becomes a national yeah. figure doing this weird, funky, Southern hip-hop that's not taking itself too serious, yeah. but it's not crunk music. No, it wasn't. It's not party music, and it's not super violent music it's not about robbing people yeah but it, it's it's just it's but it's still legit different. it wasn't it's just legit. like totally sell out yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah i think i think so too i feel like he took kind of a little piece of everything that was going on in atlanta at the time yeah and sort of like put it into this this thing that a lot of people get into kind of like similar to what bob was able yeah, to do with yeah, the yeah, first yeah. that first big album where he's like yeah a huge pop star and he kind of sounds like outcast but also like this yeah. and like so Ludacris is funny, man. Yeah, hilarious. I feel, I feel like that really helped him. That's what makes us. He he always had crazy hair, yeah, and crazy outfits, and, and great big music shoes. videos. Music videos yeah. were always crazy. His album. I mean, if you look at the album artwork, it's crazy looking. Yeah. Like, didn't he have an an, an album come out crazy later that dog. was called Chicken and Beer? Yeah, which is a great yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, crazy. That was and a great combo. And also another weird visual with yeah. everyone's kind of like a caricature. Yeah, yeah. That's how I describe it. Ludacris is kind of like a caricature. Yeah, he and and I think it really works. Also, like. You know, back then it's tough because like we're coming off the heels of uh, this like Tupac, Biggie, mm-hmm. Jay Z era into mm-hmm. Outcast, where mm-hmm. like being an MC, you had to be good, right? And like Ludacris maybe didn't seem as good as those guys back then, but right. when you think about it now, you're like, this dude's got some good rhymes, yeah. Like, and did this himself? He yeah. self-funded his first project. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a radio DJ in Atlanta. That's fucking yeah. awesome. And I remember stories because, you know, he had done a lot of his early work over at Patchwork and some even some of his later work. And I remember um, people telling stories about how he would like, you know, come in either before a shift or after a shift at the at the radio and, and do songs. And he'd pay for it himself. And that's how he got going yeah. on it. He did it. He figured it out on his own. Yeah, first. he was definitely one of those, like, I sold a bajillion tapes out of the back of my car yeah. uh, stories, too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot another song on Word of Mouth with a, that Organized Noise produced joint, Saturday. Ooh, ooh, oh, sticky, yeah, yeah, icky, yeah, 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 I got yeah. a big weed yep, stash. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's such a great one. Yep. 
Yeah, this was a, a huge album, and it was like part of a big time run where it was like he did word of mouth, then chicken and beer, and then yeah. red light district. Right, and that's like a pretty solid right. three album run. Yeah, and then he had another one that came out that was like a very serious one. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember, I can see the picture, and I remember like he had a bunch of songs like Mary J. Blige and shit. This album, Word of Mouth, sold uh, 281,000 copies in the first week. Jesus. Yeah, that's crazy. It ended up being three times platinum. Yeah. Um, it's now sold 3,674,000 copies. Crazy, man. And it was nominated for Best Rap Album. No shit. Lost to the Eminem Show. Tough to beat that. Uh, yeah, tough that to, one's tough just to tough to beat that one. Tough to beat, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least it got, it's, it got, not only did it get recognition as like a part of like historical Southern... Yeah culture but it was recognized during the time as like this is really cool yeah i also think like um whereas like the eminem show is is probably like a better album whatever that means yeah um and and does have some classic songs i don't think like because it has like without me right. which we did classic. see so i think that's our most listened to episode nice um it's also got like clean out my closet that some, was a some, big one some really good songs but they've almost faded from the popular consciousness right. in a way that like move bitch endures. Yeah. Like I would, yeah. you could hear this in a TV show today. Oh yeah. Yeah. And people would know it. hundred percent. It's like, what it. is that with a song? Like, how do you make a song that like just sticks around and like, do you have to tie it to an experience? Like even the songs about a groupie and like, I, I, I have some groupie experience, but I imagine most people don't. Um, but everybody has the experience of like being on the highway and, and, but wanting to be like a little fucking hellion. Yeah, man, it makes me like, it does make me think like, why do we, why do some songs get cemented in the yeah. fabric of pop culture? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Is it like a group think thing? Like, th- yeah, because we briefly touched on this. With, or is it the media? Like, I don't know. Is no, because this song wasn't like promoted as heavily as yeah. a lot of other songs in that era. I, I think we briefly talked about it in the episode about, um, into club mm-hmm. where it's just like that song is in popular culture because of that line the go shawty it's your birthday and it's like maybe that's part of it too and you it's need just the catchphrase yeah and it's just so funny now when you think about it like if you're driving behind somebody who's who's not a great driver the the first thing that comes in your head is, is yeah, move bitch, move, bitch yeah. get out the way 100%. it's like there's beauty in that simplicity which is funny to talk about because uh, yeah. it's, it's obviously pretty coarse but um yeah, great track. Interesting. So, so like, uh, why are people not making beats like this anymore, you don't think? I think music has, especially rap music, has kind of slowed down. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a like, lot of rap songs are, like, in the 70 BPM range Yeah, now. things have just kind of slowed down where, like, crunk music was more up. Yeah. Upbeat. Like, we're kind of going. The drums were much more, like, it was much more, you know, they always say, like, oh, Southern hip hop had so much influence from like the drum line of yeah, yeah. At universities and of high course. schools. And you can hear that so characteristically, especially in that snare pattern in yeah, this yeah. song. So I'm like, immediately I'm like, that's what it reminds me of. But today's music, especially in hip hop music, doesn't have that, that tempo or that kind of subdivision. Yeah. And I think that is the main reason why rap music, the, the, Beats aren't made the way that they were. Yeah. I think I, a lot of it has to do with tempo. I used to work with a cat sometimes. You can tell I've been listening to a lot of jazz music, right? Cat. I used to work with a cat. I used to work with a cat sometimes who would always base the type of beats that he was making around whatever the most popular drug 
at the time was. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and it, that makes sense when you, what you're talking about, because like back in this time period in 2002, people were partying on drugs. Yes. Everyone was getting lit. Everyone was drinking. Yes. Everyone was taking some of that leftover 90s ecstasy. Yeah. Um, nowadays, people are on Zannies. It's all And Benzos. Down. And the music kind of slows down. So even though that was like kind of a sad thing that he would do and seems dumb, it's probably pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> making, making music for the people. Uh, what's your favorite um, crunk track from this era? I, I really like uh, Lil John. Yeah, which one? Oh, how did it go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That is a That's great a one. Yeah, one. yeah. I was, um, I remember being in like fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. I was really into What's Your Fantasy, the ludicrous song. That's yeah. good. When on the what, 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 yeah, exactly on the fifty yard line when the Dirty Birds kick Patrice. Who's the? There's a feature on that song. Shauna. Shauna. Like, I don't right. really know who that's that right, is. Right. It's it was like, like one of his artists. Yeah. They, yeah oh yeah, because yeah. he had a, his record label, right? Disturbing the peace. Exactly. Which was a pretty cool group. Exactly. So, so when you're recording somebody for like a song like this, what's what does that session look like? It depends if people if the people you're featured with are there with you. Yeah. Which if, back then it was probably less common to fly in vocal takes from other studios. I mean, 100%. I'm sure it happened, but yeah. it was like not like today where it's like I just wrapped into my iPhone and here's the file. Like, yeah. It's so different because back back when you were working on tape machines, the whole idea of sync is a puzzle to yeah. figure out. And it's like, yeah, you can, you know send a tape send from a another tape studio and, and sync it in. And sync it in, but it's like you're just asking for something to go wrong, you know? Um, so most of the times, I feel like things were done to the master or to the safety reel yeah. like in in real time and with a person. You know, like two, you said this is 2002? Yeah. So when it so re- like, released, so probably recorded 2000, 2001. Yeah, and it's like, man, Pro Tools is really in its infancy at yeah. this point. I don't, I don't even know if they probably would have even done it to it. Maybe they would have done it to like a DAT tape or an ADAT or like one of those Elises Do you know like when Billy started? Because he's like part of this era, right? He is part of this era. Do you know when he switched to Pro Tools? I feel like he was probably before a lot of people. He was one of the first to jump in. People said that he he said he lost friends over it. He's he's, I feel like he's always that type of person who's like, I'm doing this. I'm going. This is the way it's going. I'm going first. Yeah. So I wonder when he switched. He was definitely one of the first. And I remember yeah. him vividly being. I remember him vividly saying, <laughs> lost like, friends. "He lost friends." Because you know how Billy can be. He can, he, he can, he can lose friends over this. You know, <laughs> no, it's okay. He doesn't need them. He doesn't need them. If they're recording tapes, still, I mean, and obviously, like <laughs> this stuff was so expensive. Like when Waves plugins first came out, <laughs> they were like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, I remember. I remember having the illegal Waves bundle. Yeah, because it was like grand larceny yeah. if you had the illegal <laughs> Waves. It was, a, it was a serious deal. Now they're so cheap, you get them for you know yeah. fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks. But back yeah. then. You stole some Waves plugins. That was like, man, this just worth fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> grand you larceny. Know? Yeah. Uh, so you're thinking like you're cutting all these vocals together. You're just everybody's getting in the booth. There's kind of like more of a party it's atmosphere. Way more of that. Vibe. Yeah, and that could be part of the reason why the music was a bit more up now too. Like, yeah. a lot of times the music we you're make right. nowadays we make in isolation. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. What and the it, fuck? yeah, yeah. It's fun to talk about this stuff because you arrive at these things. I we know I know I brought it up on a podcast before, but. So much of music comes out of the necessity of the environment that you make it in or what you're making it for, as opposed to artistic decisions. You're just trying to do the best you can, 
And you don't realize that things like I'm recording with a band, so I'm around all these other people, so that changes my personal energy. You don't get how that stuff like impacts the be- what the best you're trying to do is. So I think about that a lot too. Most people make music now, you know, by themselves. Dude, mine. And that, yeah, you like that. Yeah, it <laughs> fucked me up. I'm like yeah. thinking about all these things. Yeah, and it, back then it's like it also you needed more people to make music. Like yeah. you couldn't couldn't do it without I mean, would, a guy that had a beat machine. Like were you would you be able to go into like a studio in 2001 and make this whole track by yourself? I mean, probably, but it would take months. Yeah. Right? It reminds me of the story of the guy from Boston, yeah. the band, mm-hmm. how he He did it though. He yeah. he he hid the fact that he took his recording budget and bought a bunch of equipment yeah. and put it in his basement of his house or his mom's yeah. house or something. And made the record himself. We got to talk about Boston at some point because you know that dude was an MIT yeah. engineer. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he actually created the noise gate. Yes. Which is pretty. I, what is it exactly for the people out there? It's the, kind of really useful. Yeah. So <laughs> if you can imagine a gate, yeah. like an actual gate, like a gate to your house, when something, like when a big thing wants to come through, like a person, it can open the gate. But something small, like a little dog, cannot pass through yeah, the gate. Yeah. So the noise gate works in the same way. If a big sound, you set a threshold for how big of a voltage or frequency you want, and when it meets that criteria, the gate opens and the sound can come through. But if the sound does not meet that criteria, i.e. like static or noise or feedback. Because if you want to turn up a guitar all the fucking way, there's some Mm -hmm. weird noises that come from it. Exactly. The gate remains shut and the audio does not pass through. So it's kind of like uh, like a strainer. It's if kind of like a strainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're like making coffee or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever people use strainers for. It tzatziki only lets sauce. through. Yeah, you can set the parameters. <laughs> to the, yeah. That's you that's can, all I eat to coffee and tzatziki sauce. It's like a very Eric Andre. <laughs> yeah. of like, I want some tzatziki sauce. I love tzatziki sauce. Julia makes it all the time. It's really fucking good. Oh, yeah. What is it? What is it based in? I think it's just it. I, from my understanding, is literally just plain Greek yogurt, mm-hmm. um, minced garlic, and lemon. Yeah, it's really good. Fits on fucking everything. Yeah. Okay. MVP of the song. The whistles. You think? Ah, I think it's catchy, man. It might be the hook. I'm going with the hook. It's got to be move, bitch. Get out the way. Um, but I I do want to give a special uh best supporting actor to Mystical because that dude is on fire. We got to do some of his songs. When you said it's oh, it's like James James Brown was into rapping. I I fucking I can no longer yeah picture like I just I always think about that especially when you hear like his solo stuff like shake your ass. Yeah, yeah. Watch yourself. It's like, that's just James Brown right there. Yeah. Also, I think he's from, uh, I don't think James Brown. I think James Brown's from Detroit, maybe. Oh, no. He's he's from Augusta. Augusta. That's right. He's George. They have the fucking statue here. But uh, Mystical's from New Orleans. Oh, okay. So he sounds like that city. That makes sense. Well, this is a fun episode, man. That's a road rage out there. I know. I'm ready. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please tell your friends about this. Rate and review us on iTunes. Um, We haven't had a fucking rating in so long. We got, we got to get on it. I got, none of my family members will rate it. I know they pretend to listen to this podcast. They always say that they do. And we'll see if they hear this part. I doubt it. I'm going to look at our numbers <laughs> later. <laughs> will, if the next time they, they tell me they listen to the podcast, they better be like, why the fuck are you talking shit about us? Exactly. We'll see. I'm calling it. Um, we're also on Instagram, Patreon. I'll put a link to those in the show notes. Let us know how we're doing, what songs you want us to do episodes about. Our Patreon is taking off. Dude, we got so many episodes on there. Album reviews, Q&A. It's 
Smasher Pass, Mixing Corner, In the Lair. Is that what we're calling it? No, that's a... That's not, we stole it. We're stealing <laughs> it. We're going to get a lawsuit. My name's Herb Trailwreck, <laughs> and uh, this has been Listen to This. <laughs> Get my dicks up. What are you?